Já viu rico namorar pobre? I am so happy to be coming to you through Say La Tea because it is season three and we only have three episodes left. I cannot believe we have made it this far and it has been truly the journey of a lifetime. With me, I have our ever popular co-host. We have Shexy Sherry. Hello, Shexies. I'm fucking back. And Pensacola Paul. Sherry, where were you at? You said you made that sound like you were gone. Well, you know, during the week, I know people miss me. Um, I'm a hot commodity, so I just wanted to let people know that I'm still here. This is very true. I'm also still here. I had a very wild Pride weekend, and I made it through. And bitch, we're back. I am also still here, but I've literally never, ever left. So um, I'm really excited for us to talk about the things that have happened this past week, because honestly, I feel like we're finally getting to a point with pop culture that there are interesting things to talk about again, which is exciting. Um, but before we get into that, I am curious to know what your recommendations are. I'll go ahead and start us off. Um, so this week is going to be a little, cause I didn't really over this past weekend, I did not really consume any media. I was very busy with pride stuff and things going on, which was very great. Atlanta pride this year was like, the best they've ever had. It was absolutely brilliant. It was so much fun. Um, so I'm going to use my media recommendation to jump to this weekend. So since this is coming on on Friday, the new Halloween is now out. And uh, by the time that this airs, I'll have seen it because I'm seeing it Thursday night. Um, Halloween is like my favorite horror series. It's my favorite thing. I rewatch them every year on like Halloween in October. Uh, so I'm very excited about it. Um Go check it out. It's also on Peacock. So if you don't want to go to a theater, it's actually streaming for free starting today. Um, and you know what's great? Yours kind of goes with mine. My recommendation is not something new, but I, it needs to be discussed. And the connection is none other than Kyle Richards that's going to be in the new Halloween movie. If you yes. have not been watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, you need to run not walk to your television and binge watch this season because the reunion has begun the first episode happened this week it's going to be four episodes long we've only gotten a reunion that long before with atlanta with that whole phaedra and portia situation in the sex dungeon and the drugging i don't want to get into it but that's the last time we had a four episode season this reunion is truly reality tv's super bowl and they did not disappoint with the first episode my jaw was on the ground dorito if i see you in the street i'm a beat your ass and let me tell you if you're not watching it, you're missing out on quality entertainment. It is truly wild. Oh, is it my turn? Sorry. Sherry, you do this every week, every single week. And every single I week, I cut this part out. So come on, pick up the cues, baby. Welcome to the show. <laughs> is that bad? Okay, let me continue. So mine is actually related to reality TV as well. It's um, Andy Cohen 
this isn't that new. It premiered during the pandemic, but Andy Cohen is doing like a deep dive into reality TV and like the origins of it. It's so interesting to watch in conjunction with this four part Beverly Hills reunion because they go all the way back to the beginning of reality TV. And the people that really revolutionized it was the Osbournes and Nicole, um, Anna Nicole Smith. So he's doing like a deep dive into all the reality TV and reality TV as we know it. And I suggest you watch that because it really has affected pop culture and what we know today. Like the modern day sex tape started because of reality TV, really Paris Hilton and the simple life. You also have um, before the Kardashians, um, actually the Kardashians was supposed to be Lindsay Lohan's family, which is fucking crazy. Um, Yeah. So they go through all that, you know, the challenge, the real world. I thought, it's actually pretty interesting to watch. And that's my recommendation. The end. I absolutely love that recommendation because, you know, we love reality TV here. And I love that they tapped on Andy Cohen to do that because, I mean, who could be better? I've only watched like one episode and I loved it, but that's a good reminder. I need to like get back into it. Um, yeah, I can't wait to watch Halloween too. I'm like so excited. And also in that vein, if you have not seen the trailer for the new Scream movie, I've watched it 1000 times. Scream is my favorite slasher series. I don't care what anybody says. Don't add me. Don't be in my DMs because it's a fight. You will lose. I'm so excited to see Sydney Prescott in her motherfucking gun. And I'm just Slade. I'm Slade. So another thing on the notion of Scream with the new trailer that I think is really cool is that they've come out and said, like, the trailer shows a lot of attacks from Ghostface and a lot of, like, potential kills. However, they filmed a lot more of those kills that are going to be in the movie and show them all in the trailer on purpose to, like, throw people off so that you go and see it and you still, like, because the whole thing with Scream is, like, who's behind the ghost face mask? So based on the trailer, it could be anybody and it could be everybody. Everybody could get killed one person could get killed um which i think is a fun thing to do with the horror genre especially with like halloween in front of the 13th and scream like i actually wish halloween would do that more often because all i've heard is that the halloween trailer for halloween kills has just given away so much of the movie um to the point that i've completely avoided it like throughout the the process of like going to see movies this past summer um so the fact that Scream took it upon themselves to say like, hey, we're giving you guys literally everything and nothing. Have fun. When it comes to trailers, like I am always a proponent of like, give me a good teaser. I don't need a full like two and a half minute theatrical trailer, especially when it's something like fucking like Halloween. I'm like, all you need to do is show me Michael Myers with the knife and that fucking mask. I'm going to go see it. Everyone's going to go see it if they're into Halloween. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to see half the movie come out. Um I love a good teaser trailer. I couldn't agree more. I loved the trailer. It gave me just enough. And I like the way that they updated the movie without it being like super corny. Like that whole situation with the phone, with the doors locking and unlocking, my anxiety was peaking. I was like, no, 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 no. I can't do this. I can't. So I'm excited to see that come out. Um, But as far as like really highly anticipated releases go... Dave Chappelle's latest special came out on Netflix this past week, and it has caused quite the buzz. Um, There are people who are calling parts of the special homophobic, transphobic, just queerphobic in general. It's caused um, a major 
uproar with members of the trans community that are employed with Netflix. And it's caused a lot of debate online. So I'm curious to know just kind of like what your thoughts are on this, because I really find this to be a complex conversation. Um, I'll go first. So I've been seeing, like, I have not seen the special, of course, you know me. Um, I've been seeing a lot of black people specifically and strangely come in defense of Dave Chappelle, which is so sad because I feel like they are the wrong side of history on this one. So we all know Dave Chappelle is black. Um, A lot of the controversy is, well, Dave Chappelle has always been joking about um, black issues. And like when he was making fun of black people, it was fine. Yeah, that's because he's black. He is not trans. If you are trans, you can make fun of trans people because that's your group. That's how I feel about that. Like, yeah, he had he was emulating a coke addict because he's a part of the black community. And that's the end of that conversation. I don't know why we're still having it. Are we dumb? We might be that that's fine. Um, something else was that was very interesting that someone said a lay person, not an actor was how can you cancel a comedian very easily? That's not funny. That is that's that's been like the common consensus on on um, for the black community. Like, how are you going to cancel? Um, how are you going to cancel a comedian? Like, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to offend people. No, not inherently. The fuck? You're supposed to make jokes. That's not funny. Like you're making people strike at their job. That's not cool. And just so everyone knows, sorry, just for context, the reason why people are striking at Netflix is because the, um, I think it was Netflix CEO who came out in support of Dave Chappelle's special. Ted Sarandos. Yes. Thus prompting all of the members and allies of the trans community to want to spur the strike. It's just the, the, the big problem I see with it. And, and it's what people have always been like pointing out is that it, it, people are, people are like literally being killed and you've got people who look up to Dave Chappelle and have looked up to them since they were kids, um, kids who look up to Dave Chappelle and these kind of comments and these ignorant statements, what they do is they, they cause harm and they hurt people. And it, it perpetuates this idea with other people that, oh, it's okay to say these things because Dave Chappelle said it and it's now being defended and it's being broadcast on Netflix. And it's like, no, that's not an okay thing to say coming from Dave Chappelle. I think what I have most of an issue with is this, this situation that's happening now where we've now pit the LGBTQ community against the black community. Right. Where it's like black people are like, oh, my gosh, they tried to cancel the baby because he said X, Y, Z about queer people. They're always trying to come for black men. Dave Chappelle comes out with this special and it's turned into, oh, my gosh, see, look, they're trying to cancel black men. And it's like there should not be a situation where the LGBTQ plus community and black people are at odds over these issues because we are all fighting against the same entity. And that is oppression, no matter coming from where, what the oppressor looks like overall, what we should all be doing is working to make life easier for everyone. And what happens with this Dave Chappelle special is it's kind of the perpetuation of that narrative. Like he even ends the special by saying like, listen, 
I am not going to talk about this anymore. All I ask of your community, speaking of the LGBTQ plus community, will you please stop punching down on my people? That's the issue that I have with this entire special. If you want to say what you want or do what you want because you're a comedian, one, that does not remove you from the opportunity of being criticized. And two, you should be doing it with an overall purpose of bringing light to an issue that is relevant. And that's what I think people love about Dave Chappelle. In the past, he has done that. He has openly talked about the oppression that black people have faced at the hands of the system and white people, honestly. And I think that's why people are so protective of him as a comedian, because he's always told the truth. But at what point do we look at what Dave Chappelle is saying and say, okay, I get where you were going with this, but like, maybe this wasn't the right way to go about this. Like, overall, I get it. You want to be a truth teller. Your point is, I get the point. And I understand that with people who are supporting Dave Chappelle, they're saying you don't, the point is being missed. It's not. I get it. He's saying black people are always last on the totem pole, which is true. You can say whatever you want about anyone else on earth. Black people, no one cares if we go missing. No one cares if we're shot, trampled, whatever. No one gives a fuck. I get the message. But ultimately, at what point is the way we go about it detracting from the message? Um, This reminds me, do you guys remember when Titus, what's Titus's last name? Titus Burgess. Burgess. Yeah. Okay. When Titus Burgess was on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, this was for um, the Dolomite thing on Netflix. And Andy Cohen asked him how he felt about Eddie Murphy being a little derogatory to the LGBTQ plus community. This is kind of like a continuation of that conversation. I think Andy Cohen just asked the wrong person. I think he should have asked the person who wrote the movie or something like that. And now the conversation is finally heading over to the guy who wrote the jokes. And it's, it's fascinating to watch because just like R Kelly, I feel people are trying to protect this man. I feel like you don't have to make jokes about trans people. You just don't. You, It's fine. Leave them alone. I agree. This is going for to what? be, I think I saw online that this is probably going to be the deadliest year for our trans population ever. So how does this help perpetuating this narrative of trans people being the enemy for anything? It's just not helpful. And another thing that I think should be mentioned is the fact that Dave Chappelle talks about black people and trans people being at completely different ends of the conversation. But what about those people who are intersectional and are in the middle? There are plenty of black trans people that you are now putting within the line of fire in direct, like, honestly, direct line of hate because of this rhetoric that you're like using in your Netflix special. And it's like, if you truly care about black people, what happened to those black people? And the trans black people, and this is what I was going to say a second ago, is like, there's this, I mean, intersectionality in general is always a problem. Like the sad thing is that what we're talking about right now is nothing new. I mean, this goes back to the start of pride and back during like the origin of like the Black Panther Party and some of the homophobia that was happening at that time between the two conflicting groups, even though they're both fighting oppression. And once again, trans black people were shoved in the middle of it and had to be the ones that started out, like literally black trans women starting pride, like with Stonewall, Marsha B. Johnson. They are the ones that are required to get to the front lines and stand up for both sides of the fight. And then whenever it actually comes down to it, they're the ones that are thrown under the bus and now 
it's it's there's so much fear and concern and it's really sad about like just perpetuating this this idea and it's like sherry said you you just you don't have to touch on it you don't have to you don't have to make it the butt of a joke there's plenty of other there's so much better material that you could be using for jokes i will say this i notice this more with like millennials and like baby boomers and Gen X, I think Gen Z doesn't have this problem that we are experiencing with the black community and trans community. They understand, but I'm seeing like cis black men being like, well, no one stood up for me when X, Y, Z, bro, you should have said something. We, this is not the time. This is not the time to put your grievance out into the world. And also what I have to say is, no one stood up for you when XYZ happened. And that's a tragedy. Why would we do the same thing to someone else? It's like the fact that people are not emotionally mature enough to know that just because this happened to me and it made you feel bad, that doesn't mean you need to perpetuate that with other people. Yes, let's cause awareness to the fact that think bad things happen to black people all the time and no one gives a damn we should continue having that conversation that conversation should never stop but that has nothing to do with trans people being valid and their rights being important like i don't understand how this conversation even comes about this and didn't this argument start on national coming out day which was so sad to me or like a big part of the conversation if it wasn't on national coming out day and which was also Indigenous Peoples Day, which um, Indigenous people, some subsets of the culture, they have literally, a, it's called a two-spirit person, where they honor trans people for having two spirits. Having that all happen on the same day and watching all this bullshit happen in the United States really pissed me the fuck off. Well, it should have been it something really very, did. very beautiful. It should have been a very beautiful day of like honoring people and honoring everybody coming out, but specifically honoring like, like you said, like two spirit individuals. And like, it, it, it goes back. I mean, we, I think we were literally having the same conversation last year during the black lives matter movements. And it, it was, it was, you know, all the, the, the black trans people that were being killed as well. And like it, there was a sense of unity. I feel like that came from the protests and from people being out. And now we're back at square fucking one again, because these things just keep happening. And then people start coming to defense of them. And, Oh, we're, we're going to let people have freedom of speech. And we're going to keep this on Netflix because we think it's important to have it. And it's like, no, at the end of the day, it's fucking offensive and it's harmful. And it's giving you're, you're the biggest streaming platform in the world. Like, stop perpetuating this. Like, do something about it. Say something about it. Speak out against it. This is wrong. It's like we said at the very beginning of it. You're on the wrong side of history. Stop. Well, and something that people say as, like, just playing devil's advocate is people are saying if you censor stand-up comedy, then it will no longer be funny. If we say these things are not to be discussed or these things are not to be touched, then it's no longer funny. But I would say... If we saw a white comedian that was <laughs> that was basically making jokes about the suffering of black people, I mean, that person wouldn't be able to walk out of the theater without getting their fucking ass beat. Is literally what I have to say about that. That's my rebuttal. No, we're um, not no, yeah, go ahead. You go first because I'm about to light someone up. Based I was going to say you 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 don't like it's not censoring stand up comedy. It's censoring. It, it, it's, it's having people hold accountability and responsibility for this comedy that they are spewing. Like if it is not your story, if it's not your comedy, you don't get to make light of it. 
That's not yours to tell. There are plenty of trans comedians out there that are doing it way better, way more funny. They just don't have the platform that Dave Chappelle has. That's not your, that's no, those are not your jokes to tell. Sherry, please light whoever up. What I was going to say is I've heard this argument in undergrad before and there is a fire in my motherfucking belly because guess what? Someone once tried to tell Amanda and I that we were being too sensitive. It was the entire system that tried to come for us, actually. No, 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 baby. They said it's satire. And if you censor the artist, you will censor the art. Fuck, fuck that. What I have to say is when you are in, we are all theater educated here. When you enlist a satire system in what you want to write, you have to answer to the satire. You have to play the style. He's not fucking playing the style. He's just being offensive. And that is the fucking truth. He's You're trying to play it off as something. Bitch, I see you. It, it's clear that this is all coming down to literacy again. This does not fit into any of the forms that we can use to accurately um, say that this is not offensive. Because at the end of the day, it is. And if someone is sensitive about it, and they are upset. We need to take that into into account. What is the problem? Ooh, this that just gave me PTSD. It did. I think that's where I struggle. Is it's like I'm sure I've said things that are offensive and not kosher. If someone brings them to my attention, then my response is, "Oh my gosh, I had no idea." And for that, I am sorry. My intention was not to hurt your feelings. I thought that I was doing something funny. I've since learned from the information you have given me, and thusly will make changes. Why is that so hard for people to say? My thing is like the the things that they're saying. In these comedy shows, like say you have a white person that's making jokes against black suffering or you have a straight person making jokes against the LGBT movement. Like they're at the end of the day, what both of these people are saying is insulting, but it, it matters the mouth that it comes from. If you're going up there and spewing, if you're a white comedian, you're going up there and spewing racist rhetoric. It's not funny. You're being racist. Even though someone can go up and essentially say the same thing as a black comedian, that is them. That's them owning it. It's taking ownership over. It. It's 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 that to me is art. That to me, the person it's coming from is just as important as the art itself. Like, and at the end of the day, I actually think the artist itself is more important. Like, I want to know who it's coming from. I want to know their story. I want to know what they're giving me. I don't want to see some straight person go up there and make fucking jokes about gay suffering. That's not funny. There's nothing funny about it. You don't know what it's like. And that's what I was going to say, because when you're not part of the community, then it's based off of stereotype. When you are a part of the community, it's based off of actual real life experience. Well, I will say I've been a fan of Dave Chappelle's for a long time. I mean, he has revolutionized stand up comedy like forever. We will never, ever be the same because of the work he's done. And I'm one of those people who thinks that everybody is in a position where they can learn and grow. I'm hoping that we will hear something from him that indicates to us that he is open to learning and growing. Um, but to all of the people on the internet who are like really so upset about the fact that people are mad that he made transphobic comments, I urge you maybe think outside of your own opinions and scope of life and think about what it would be like if it was reversed. If he was saying, if, if someone was saying these things about you, would you be okay? And yeah, that's really all I have to say about that. Um, but oh, I remembered what I was going to oh, say. Okay. Go ahead, Sherry. Um, I was going to say, cause I, I grew up watching family guy and 
American Dad and loving it. I love those those shows and stuff like that. And I think part of the the reason people are having such a hard time understanding why this is offensive now is that we we have not grown past that slapstick comedy like South Park. Like we're not in the age of South Park anymore. South Park would never fly as it was written in 2001 or whatever. It would not fly in 2021. And it's like, we have to take, now I watch Family Guy and I cringe. I was also in high school, but now the jokes are not as funny as they were before. And yeah, on Family Guy, they were definitely making some transphobic jokes. Definitely 1000%. But if Seth MacFarlane came on stage today and did that, he would be in boiling hot water. And I think that's where people are failing to make, they're failing to mature in their, I guess, comedic senses. Like, we have to move on. Yeah, um, Gone with the Wind was very popular back then. It would not fly today. That's okay. It's a sign of the times. We just got to move past it. We have to move past it, learn why, and keep it going. Find something else really that's funny. strange spot right now where, like, we make fun of boomers because we're like, oh, okay, boomer, get over it. Like, wanting to bring your old school practices into the new school. But our generation is becoming the new boomers. Where we're, It's like millennials at this point are so stuck in our ways of thinking, the things we grew up on, the things that were acceptable when life was better for us, and cannot move on from that. And so it's just like, at some point, we're just going to need to take a page out of Gen Z's book and just like, take the stick out of your ass. It's fine. You can learn, you can grow, and we can all move forward. You know what my mentor said to me? She said, one of the most important, like, groups of people you can have in your life is, of course, your mentor who's older than you can give you wisdom. But even more important than that is having like a young mentor, someone under 30 or 25 to tell you what's going on because you need to be abreast and you need to be able to evolve. And I was like, wow, that is real. So let's take a page from what Gen Z is doing because they I think they are doing a great job and they hold themselves accountable pretty well because people they call each other out often and they take it in stride. Um, And I think we are at that age where we are not we're about to be over 30. Um, So we got to we got to it's time to get like a mentor or like someone in college that we can ask like what's going on what's happening in middle school i don't know yeah that's really good feedback well we are going to take a quick break and then when we're back we have more celebrity conversations we'll be back We are back after that break. Um, This is actually a topic that I think we don't talk about a lot. So I'm interested to kind of dive in and hear what you both have to say about this. So on Thursday, Jonah Hill took to Instagram basically to say to his fans, I know you mean well, but I kindly ask that you not comment on my body. Good or bad, I want to politely let you know it's not helpful and doesn't feel good. Much respect. Um, a lot has been written about him and like how people are body shaming him, but it's interesting because now he's lost a lot of weight and it seems like if anything, the conversation 
has not only continued, but gotten louder where everybody wants to talk about his body constantly. Um, I find that this is interesting for a couple of reasons, but the thing that's at the top of my mind for me is the fact that so often when we talk about body image issue, body image issues and like controlled eating and things like that, it's almost always from the female gaze and what it means to women, because it does affect us, I would say disproportionately, but that doesn't mean that male body image issue is also not a huge problem, especially now in the age of social media and, um, Instagram. So I don't know. I'm like, I can't imagine how that feels for him to be in the public eye like that. I'll go first. Cause I, I deal with this quite often and I vacillate back and forth. Um, so I am, I'm, a, I would say I'm a bigger girl. I, in muscular and curvy, which is interesting to look at sometimes. Um, and I definitely have a body, body dysmorphia issue. Um, I was a swimmer, so I was always in a swimsuit when I was in puberty and stuff like that. So I've always had an issue with how much bustier I was in comparison to other people. Now, in around like 2017, I lost like 30 pounds. And I had all these people like, oh, you look great. You look great. But actually, I felt exactly as Jonah Hill did. I felt horrible. Like, what the fuck? Like, you didn't think I looked great before, number one. Number two, like, I have to be skinny for you guys to fucking talk talk to me? Really? Like, I have no worth besides my body. And since then, um, I started basically starving myself. I didn't understand what that meant until, like, 2021 when I started eating again. Like, I was depriving my body of actual nutrients so I could stay skinny. And actually, I had a bunch of, like, health problems. So, I understand where he's coming from and I agree with him. Like, don't comment on my body. Like I don't even want to comment on my body. It's, it's the body positivity versus body neutrality conversation. I feel because I feel like body positivity has gotten to a place where it's detrimental. And I think people are trying to be body positive toward Jonah Hill when in fact, he just wants to be neutral. He just wants from what I see, I don't know personally, From what I see, he just wants to wake up every day and say, thank you, body, for waking up today. Thank you for having me drink water and move on to the next task, which I think is important. I think we should move toward that. I think that is a healthier mindset than always being positive about about your body. Not everyone always likes their body, and that's fine. And I don't think I ever will, and I'm okay with that now because now the conversation has shifted to thank you, body, for allowing me to walk today. I think that's a really, really strong point that you bring up. And I think just this idea of like being positive in general is a a lot of times really dismissive of like some underlying issues that people may be having. So like, I don't know, I have a friend who literally is like obsessed with like manifestation and affirmations to the point where it's like you can't ever say something that's like negative around them because it's like you need to be positive and like being positive is how you get things in life and it's like although I do agree with that it can be dismissive of the fact that sometimes people just truly cannot be positive in this moment like yes I would love to get to that point where I can look at this with a new set of eyes and be positive I am not there right now and I think it's dismissive of the fact that it's easier for some people to 
be body positive than it is for others because we don't know what people have gone through, the trauma that exists that is tying them to their body in this negative way. And so to say like you should be body positive is honestly easier said than done. Like, yeah, we should all do a lot of things. I should not eat out three times a week and save my money. But yeah, here we are, bitch. Like I shouldn't eat McDonald's. Yeah, I was trying to go through the drive-thru last night, but the line was too long. Like, so what? You know what I mean? Like we should all do a lot of things. And what it does is cast a shameful shadow on those of us who may not be there yet. Um, something to add to that. I know Demi Lovato is very controversial these days for different reasons, but one of the best things that she said a couple years ago, there was this meme going around talking about you can't, people can't love you unless you love yourself. And she tore that shit down and she basically was able to articulate what I just said, which is just because I don't love myself and don't like certain things about my body doesn't mean I don't deserve love. They're not mutually exclusive. That is maybe the best thing Demi Lovato has said because she's gone downhill since, but we will give her her accolades where she deserves them. Um, I completely, I see what people are trying to do, but he also does not need our thanks. He did not um, get skinnier for us. He didn't get skinnier for the industry. He got skinnier for himself. And I, let me, let me retract. I hate the word skinnier. He is healthier. That's it. I feel like before, during Superbad, he just, you know, they picked him off the side of the street because they liked his look for Superbad. Well, now he's in the public eye. He wanted to be healthier. He has the money. He can do it. He has the time. It's also wild that being thin is like so heavily tied to being healthy because if you remember, Chadwick Boseman before he passed was so thin and the internet was dragging him at calling him a crackhead, like all of this shit. And that's because he was dying from cancer. And it's just like this idea that like skinny is good and fat is bad is such a problem because I mean, Megan the Stallion is probably the healthiest person on planet earth. The way them knees be shaking, ass be moving. She's doing choreography out the ass for hours at a time. And does she, is she a size two? No, she certainly is not. And she probably would never be because if she's doing that much exercise, baby, it's just not in the cards for her. That's just what her body looks like. She is very healthy. Same with Serena Williams. Serena Williams could never fit in a size two. She's literally the greatest athlete on the planet. So it's really fucking weird to me that skinny is healthy. People have different bodies. I don't know what I don't know what is so difficult for people to understand about that. That like I don't and specifically when people put this emphasis on like your weight is what determines your health and it determines like your worth. And it's like, everybody focuses on like this idea of like, whenever they want to comp like this whole idea of like, Oh my God, you look great. Have you lost weight? Have you been working out? Have you been like, what does the weight have to do with it? Just tell someone they look great. Oh my God. You look fucking great today. You look like, great. You it's look not happy. coming. It's you look not, like, yes. You you don't, look, you're not yes. laden with stress and problems. You look like you're enjoying your life. Period. Mm-hmm. Leave it at that. And this is like, I think specifically with Jonah Hill, I think it also goes back to like, I mean, there's that viral interview that happened years ago where that fucking asshole was like, so are you still like considered the fat guy in Hollywood? What's that like? And he just has this defeated look on his face and was like, can we move on? Like, I don't want to answer that question. That's fucking stupid. Like, what a dumbass question. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. 
It has nothing like, to do with my I'm work as an Oscar actor. I'm an Oscar nominee, and you're asking me if I'm still considered the fat guy in Hollywood. Yeah. You are a fucking joke. I'm curious to know, Shane. I would like to know from the male perspective, how do you feel body image is like talked about amongst men, if at all? I mean... My perspective on it, I, I would be remiss if I didn't include the fact that it's also a gay male gaze. Um, that is also very different that like, you know, you know, my friends and I joke about like, you know, there's in the in the gay community, you've got like the really muscular, like perfect bodies in the gym all week long. And they look incredible. Like they obviously put a shit ton of work in their body. And if you don't, if you don't do that yourself and you don't have the six pack, you don't have the big muscles and like the zero percent body fat, you're like considered gay fat. Like you are you're a little soft, like and it, it's it's average and it's fucking weird and it's kind of I've, I've, i have noticed recently it's like starting to go away a little bit people are starting to be more like open and like accepting of it but i think something that's important to talk about with this conversation is like the perception that society has towards weight i think constantly shifts we are currently in the male community we're seeing a complete trend towards dad bods we're shifting away from the like hairless, muscular bodybuilder men and more towards like, oh, no, I want a, I want a guy that's a little softer. I want a dad bod, blah, 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 blah. Um, you go back to like, you know, was it Victorian England where it's like, like heavy people. That was what you were after. That's what you wanted. You were rich. You were wealthy. Like you were someone to be looked up to. Um, whereas now it's the butt of a joke. Like it... it it's really weird. It's really weird to me. I think how we have this constant obsession with how people look and how their bodies are without putting any kind of thought and emphasis onto like a person's body type or whatever, like they're just who they are, what they do. I mean, you bring up Serena Williams. She's a fucking athlete. Serena Williams does not need to be a size two. She doesn't want to be a size two. Um, In fact, she probably could never be a size two. And that needs to be discussed. There's nothing wrong with that. The way her body is, is fine. She is the vision of health, whether or not she is a size two. Even if she stopped eating for one month, I bet you she's probably going to be a size two. It's not in the heart. She's got all that muscle, baby. Like, it's just, it ain't there. Like, and I think it's, it's, I, going back to the start of it and bring it full circle, I think that, like we said before, I think, like Jonah Hill said, like, I'm sure he knows, like, hey, I understand this is well-intentioned. However, it does degrade me as the person that I was before who I am today, the person that you're celebrating and saying, oh, my God, you look so great now. Okay, what the fuck did I look like before? Like, Adele's talked about it before. Like, it's it's just negating, it's negating the person that you are. And it it's sad, like, because there, there's no need for it. Like... I think people's bodies are beautiful no matter what. And it's, it's, if it just do what makes you happy, like be what makes you happy. Like, yeah, I know for me, I've been doing like small things to put my body image, like back into my own hands. So like one of those things I used to wear makeup every single day because I was working in a retail store and was interacting with high end customers. I don't do that anymore. I'm not wearing makeup every day, whether I'm in front of people, whether I'm at my house, girl, 
what you see is what you get. I'm like, this is my face. You are either into it or you are not. And every time I do that, it is, you know, small voice in the back of my head is like, you look hideous. There's literally no reason for you to look this way. But I try to look, move past that and overcome it. And every time I do it, I feel like I get a little bit of my power back. Same thing with my body. I'm like, I've practiced being just overall a healthier person. If I want to eat McDonald's every now and then, I'm going to do that. If I don't want to work out like this entire week, that's okay. I will be fine. And although that little voice is in the back of my head, again, shaming me into thinking I should be different, every time I do it, I feel like I get a little bit of myself back, you know? We even joked about this past weekend with with Pride. I mean, we were, you know, we were at the, this, the you know, circuit parties and stuff and everybody there just ends up with their shirts off and with harnesses and whatever. And it's very, it's very just like, you know, minimal clothing, essentially. Um, and I had a moment when we got there that I was like, yeah, like, bitch, like, I have not been putting enough attention on myself for this. Like, I am not ready, but, you know, whatever. I'm here to have a good time throughout the night. Listen, the state that I was in aside, I had a couple, I had a little while where I was, I truly felt for the first time in a very long time that I was like, oh, bitch, like I was like, I feel so good about myself. I look good. And that, that, that is an energy and an aura that gets released to people. And I think that's something that you can tell with someone is like whenever someone is confident in who they are and they are confident in what they look like. And, and that, that's what should be celebrated is like, like we said earlier, like you are glowing, bitch, like that's what I mean when I say like, you look great. I'm like, you like, has nothing to do with anything like cosmetic or like, this is just about you. Like you are glowing. You look fucking beautiful. Like fucking live it. Like as long as you are believing it, like doesn't fucking matter. Um, I would like to give a recommendation for people to follow. Please. So I have this account called Apothecary where it's a wellness journey with me and you can find me on Instagram. Right. So on that page, I have, it's my favorite social media page that I have and not very many people follow me, nor do I care if they do because this one's for me. I follow this person. Her name is Bethany C Myers. I don't know if anyone knows who she is, but she is the creator of the become project. And she's married to this guy named Nico Tortorella. And they are so cool because they are, um, gender non-conforming as husband and wife. And they also have like um, a certain type of open relationship in their marriage. And they, they kind of like guide you, not they, just her. Bethany guides you. I, I actually don't know the pronouns. Sorry. There might be a they in somewhere. They kind of guide you in how to move in a gender neutral way. And it's so cool if anyone wants to to follow her because she um, or they they um, they they show you kind of like how to do yoga without end gaining. And it's it's so cool because they're they're both dancers and actually both of them um, have different. Obviously, gender nonconforming, they have different days where one's masculine, one's feminine and flip-flop it's so cool if you want to follow them for this kind of moving in your own way yeah i'm gonna send it to you guys i just looked while you were talking i love it it's amazing yeah i'm literally pulling it up right now i hate to sound like an old geezer but 
I feel like we can't have this conversation without talking about how much of this is tied to Instagram. Like, I feel like I've never been more aware of what I look like until the my honestly this past decade when Instagram was out. It's like even through my teenage years, I had my body image issues and moments, but I've never been as hyper aware as I am now with social media. And I can't imagine what it would be like to be a teenager growing up looking at people who are like face tuned and like surgeried up all day long on social media. Neither can I, but I, I will say this. I feel like I've let myself go simply because I started eating lately. And I will say I've never had so many people hit on me, which is so strange for me because I thought it would be me being in the gym. Everyone's like, no, girl, that's your grown woman weight. And I'm like, I fucking love that. But I want to that it's less sharing? about the weight and more about your the energy you're exuding. Because it's like that's even what, let's I think say, that's what they meant. I think if tomorrow you were like, I want to be a bodybuilder and I'm going to the gym a hundred times a day. Well, that mentality is not going away. Your sexiness is all up here. It's less about what you look like and more about the person you are and the fact that you are doing what you want. Well, yeah, I think, I think that's what they meant by that. I think it's like, that's your grown woman weight. Like, you know, when you carry yourself in a certain way, you got good energy, blah, blah, blah. I think that's what, Someone said that to me and I was like, I get what you're saying. Like, okay, like, don't starve yourself. This is how you're supposed to look. And I was like, oh, I like that. I fucking love that. Yeah. That's what people always say too. Like when it comes to like working out, working on yourself and like, you got to do it for yourself based on what you want, not what like society is telling you to do. Because that's where like people, human beings, like we're attracted by energy to other people. And like, it could be, and we, we, we see it all the time. Like someone who has the most like picture perfect, like absolutely. Ev- this is what everybody like society wants everyone to look like and what society tells everyone they should look like this. If that person is still so fed up with like, Oh, I still don't look like that. They're not giving up a, a confidence and an energy. I don't want to be around them. I don't mean it in a negative way, but there's not, I'm far more attracted whether it's friendship or just human connection or sex or relationship, like I'm far, I have much more genuine attraction to someone who owns who they are, loves who they are and exudes that. Like that's the person I want to be around because that it also rubs off. Like people want to be around people who feel happy about themselves because it makes them feel happy. Like absolutely. Like absolutely. I think one thing I want to touch on here too is let's go ahead and hold celebrities who are into body shaming. Let's hold them accountable. One person I'm thinking of in particular is Khloe Kardashian. God, I knew she you were going to say Khloe Kardashian. She is someone that just really makes me want to bang my head against the wall because it's like, girl, you saw firsthand how horrible it can be to have a negative body image. Everyone constantly called her the fat sister and the ugly sister. And I don't know if you guys saw, but whatever. Recently, she did an interview where they were talking to her about her like revenge body and like all this stuff. Basically, she said, I have no patience for people who are lazy. If you want to like change your life and change your body and change your lifestyle, then do it. Girl, that is dismissive of what happens in reality. One, you got surgery. There's nothing wrong with that, but you did. So let's just go ahead and discuss it because that's already damaging people's body image because they want to know why they're in the gym seven days a week and they don't look like you. And two, 
let's just understand the fact that people don't need to do things on your lifestyle and your standards. If I'm complaining about something in my life, that is completely valid. If I'm saying I want to change my lifestyle and I have yet to do it, maybe there are underlying issues there. Maybe it could be depression at play. Maybe it could be a low amount of self-worth where you want to look better, but you don't feel like you deserve it. And she just needs to stop with that whole situation and getting a new face every other day also is not helping because if I'm following you, I'm like, I don't understand Like, it's just not making sense. It's not helping my body image, the fact that you're constantly altering your body and your face so that you look different than who you are. Because I look up to you and you clearly don't like things about yourself. And that's what's unfortunate because, like, I mean, on the topic of this conversation, it's like, if that's what she wants and that's what she's after, like, good for her. She's getting what she wants to do. The problem is whenever she's putting other people down for not doing what she did. And it's like, she's putting people down about their bodies, whatever, they're actually probably far more confident in themselves and what they look like than she is. And it's, it has nothing to do with laziness. It's someone who's content and confident. And like, they have something far more valuable in my opinion. Like, And if you get plastic surgery, there is nothing wrong with that. I would love to get a couple of, you know, cosmetic procedures at some point in my life. Um, But you should be honest about it. It's the lying that is really so damaging. Like, I'll never forget Kylie Jenner having girls busting their lips open with the damn Kylie Jenner lip challenge because this girl was telling them that she was overlining her lips. When you know for a fact you got lip filler. Like, it's dangerous. It's not good. Well, honestly, I think that... The two topics we talked about today are so important. I hope that you listening bring this to your friends and family and are able to talk about some of these things because these are the conversations that bring about positive change where we can say this has been normal and this has been commonplace where we put so much of our personal value on our looks and we think it's okay to joke about the misfortunate. And at some point, we need to progress and move forward and say we can all do better than this. So I hope this is a great thought starter for you all and get out there and have these important conversations. Well, that is our episode for this week. Uh, We only have three episodes left, so it'll be a bittersweet departure. But if you haven't listened to the rest of the season, use this time to binge. Tell three friends about Say La Tea. And if you have something you want us to talk about this season, be sure to reach out to us on socials. Well, with that, three, two, one. We out. We out. Bye, everyone.